So the, the, the title um, of my message is Building Expectations. And sometimes our expectations fall short. Um, so have you ever had an expectation just come crumbling down? So I've got a, a little bit of a story of, uh, of an experience that um, I had a high expectation and it just came crashing down. It takes place on Christmas Eve, 1973. Okay, I don't know if it was 1973, but I was five years old then. So it, it maybe around, you know, when I was five. Anyway, we were always allowed to open one present on Christmas Eve. The bummer of that glorious occasion is that I never got to choose what that present was. So it was always, here you go. And I'm just going to thank my grandma for the pajamas that I got. And they just weren't normal pajamas. They were the ones that had the booties in them. So you put your, you, you put them on and, you know, all the way. It's all one item. Well, so guess what happened on the Christmas Eve of 1974? More pajamas. And again and again. So my high expectation really got molded into a realistic expectation because I knew what we were going to get, grandma's pajamas again. And we got wise to where we would just cut the, the feet off. That way, you know, we wouldn't sweat in them because we, we had to wear them, right? Had to wear them. All right. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I like that scripture about building yourselves up. There are things that we can do as Christians to build ourselves up. And really, that's kind of really what I wanted to to talk about tonight. So, I trust in the Lord with a lot of things. So, trust breaks down when people don't do what we expect them to do. Husbands, wives, right? Things break down. Or they don't do what they promised to do. When I was in Oklahoma, uh, I had wrecked my car uh, at Bible College. And uh, there was this one guy that says, if you ever need a ride, just call me. Well, I called him one day. Well, he was too busy to come get me. So I was 10 hours away from, from home. So I got off at midnight. So I am walking all the way home. And, uh, of course, back then I wouldn't recommend hitchhiking, but um, I did get a ride. But I think that was maybe after two miles of walking. I was upset with this guy. He promised that he would he would be there for me, and he wasn't. Or when they don't come through for us, he def- definitely did not come through for me. And I like this one. This one kind of hits me a little bit. Or when people don't do what we would do if we were in their shoes. Well, I would have done this. And you have a lot of hopes and dreams and you just get extremely frustrated. So those expectations don't match up. Well, our God is a good God. And because he is good, we can expect many good things from him. If the Bible says it, you know, I've said this before, but Bumper Sicker says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, whether you believe it or not, when God said it, that settled it. You don't need that little piece in there. So, and I think that we can all attest to the fact is that he's pretty good at coming through for us. 
regardless of what the situation may be. So here are some simple things that we can do to build our expectations in Christ. And the first one is just know his promises. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20 says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. For all the promises of God in him are yes. So if we, if we know that they're yes, then we, we need to understand what the promises are, right? So we need to read the word. We need to know what the, the, what the word says about the situation and that we need to know that, know what he has for you. When, when I'm at work and somebody comes up to me and, uh, they're, they're talking and it's kind of like, okay, is there a question here? Is there something that you're looking for? Or are you, you know, and kind of relating myself to being that person? Or am I just complaining? You know what? Okay, God, so I need to get in and figure out what it is that you have for me. And then I can put my faith on it. Then I can start to build whatever that expectation is. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 5. And this is the uh, uh, a man healed at the pool of Bethesda. Uh, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no want, no, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Then Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. I love the fact that the man was at the pool of Bethesda because he had heard that there was something going on there and that he could be healed. So he went with an expectation. He went with an expectation. He was looking in anticipation for the waters to be stirred. They know that when the waters are stirred, the first person that gets in gets healed. So he's there expecting to be healed, and he's watching. He's being very watchful because he needs to be the first one that gets into the water. Now, I had written this down that he made an excuse, but really he didn't make an excuse because the Lord says, do you want to be made what? Do you want to be made well? And he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He stated the fact of the matter is that when I go, somebody gets in before me. That's not an excuse. That's just the reality that his life is. But that doesn't mean that, that our facts or the reality that we are in now need to stay there. They can definitely change. So, Within that story, I, I, I had, he had tunnel vision. Any of us ever have tunnel vision? He was expecting to be healed. He's great, he, he, he has great, or he has great anticipation. And yet, 
there was one way that he was going to be healed. And yet he didn't know that Jesus Christ himself was right before him. Was right there. How many of us have tunnel vision to where God, I, you know, I, I love you. I, I believe in you. This is what you're going to, this is what you're going to need to do to orchestrate this, whatever this is that we're believing for or hoping for or those expectations that we have of him. Because anything that's in the word of God that God says that he will do, that's a good expectation for us to have of him. You know, first John one nine, I can go to the Lord and ask him to forgive me. And I, and the expectation is that he will. Because he's faithful and just. And the word of God says he will forgive us. So a lot of times from a tunnel vision perspective, we expect God to do things a certain way. When, when I had come back um, from overseas, I was, uh, I was poor. I didn't have a whole lot of money. And um, I would come to church wearing the same pair of slacks and a pair of shoes. And I needed some new shoes. Well, I was expecting God just to, have somebody write out a check or, you know, hey, here's 50 bucks. Go buy your pair of shoes. It didn't happen that way. Somebody said, hey, what size shoes do you wear? I said, well, okay, don't laugh. Six and a half. So I have small feet. So, uh, he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I have some shoes. I'd like you, you know, if you, if you want them. They weren't brand new, but they were pretty good. God provided for me. Didn't provide me the way that I wanted to. But yet he still provided me. The end, the end result is that God got me some new shoes. Well, that's what I wanted. So we can't have tunnel vision. So the, the additional thing that I think about this as far as, you know, knowing his promises is that any time that we get something from God, we always get more than we bargained for. How many times have you heard a missionary that goes on a trip to minister to others and yet they come back and say how much they were ministered to themselves? Because any time that we give to God, he's always going to give back to us. So in this case, the guy was expecting to be healed, and he was. But what also did he receive? He received the forgiveness of the sins. He had a whole new life ahead of him. God had forgiven him of the sins. We need to know what the promises are. And if we read the promises, we know what they are, we apply them to our lives, we expect God to move within there then we will build the expectations within our own heart. So the second thing is, or, excuse me, I have this in bold, so i got to say this. It's in my notes. Um, one thing I like about this, uh, this man, um, he kept showing up. Regard, I, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say how many, it says he was sick for 38 years. We don't know how long he was actually there at the pool of Bethesda. But I'm sure he was there a long time to, to the fact is every time I, you know, the stirring of the waters, somebody else gets in before me. I'm sure that there was definitely some frustration. There. But you know what? He kept showing up. So when I read that, I hear the Lord speaking to me saying, keep showing up. Keep showing up. When Aaron Judge comes up to bat, I don't think he ever thinks that he's going to, you know, I'm going to come up and strike out. No, he's thinking about getting a base hit. He's thinking about hitting a home run. I don't know. Whatever it may be, a single, a walk, you may hit that home run, but you never will hit that home run if we don't show up. We gotta continue to show up. Alright, so, number two, I'd like to say, another simple way that we can, uh, build our expectations is rehearse the victories in your life. 
Rehearse the victories that you have had in your life. Has the Lord forgiven you? Then you can rehearse that. Has the Lord healed you? You can, you can rehearse that victory. Has the Lord helped you overcome an addiction? You can rehearse that victory. Because when you're, when we're, re, when we are rehearsing that victory, we're thinking about the power of God as opposed to the weakness of our flesh. And it gets our focus on Him. The Bible says, let us, you know, um, uh, that our hearts need to be fixed upon Him. So, has the Lord provided for you? Above and beyond what you thought you could ask or think. You've got something that you can rehearse. Remember the times He has come through for you. Keep them at the forefront of your thoughts. Keep them at the forefront. Those should be the, how many times have we, and I, and I am guilty of this, that we say, well, I guess the, the only thing I can do is pray. It should be the first thing that we're doing. We get the cart before the horse. You know, so if we're focusing and rehearsing the victories of our life, then we're not thinking about the doubts. But the doubts do come, right? They do come. Well, thank God for the word. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5 says, When doubts come, we cast them down. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when the doubts come, there's some disciplines that we need to incorporate within our lives. And it takes effort. When, when, when doubts come, it's easy just to listen to them. It's easy to start, start talking about them. It's easy, it's easy just to surrender to them. But yet the word of God here says we can cast them down. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. I think about the the times that God led me. Remember the times when he led you. Remember when he protected you. Remember when he forgave you. Remember when he believed in you. I, I think about pastor's message uh, Sunday morning. And he talked about that coach. And when, when he said, he goes, you don't play for anybody else. I laughed at that because I knew exactly. He goes, I see something in you. And I don't want somebody else to have that. I want you on my team. And I love how he said, he goes, he chose me. God chose you to be on his team. God chose you. He believes in us. Remember when he did not give up on you. I remember that because I, I know 1 John 1, 9. I know that I, I quote this scripture a, a lot because it means a lot to me because I was quite the, quite the carnal Christian. It says if we are, if, that he is faithful and just to forgive me of my unrighteousness. If I confess my sins before the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive me, to cleanse me. He did not give up on me. So when the scripture talks about how often should we forgive others, 70 times 7 times a day. I don't think I ever approached 490 times a day, but there was a lot of times I was just, I was not believing in myself. But yet he always believed in me. He always believes in us. Remember when he blessed you. Remember when he blessed your family. Because when somebody blesses your family, you are blessed. You get blessed. So build yourselves up by remembering his goodness. 
Another way that we can, and this one's probably, this one can be a little difficult, but it's doable. And that's allow others to come alongside you. Allow others to come alongside you. Because I couldn't do life on my own. When we were in um, uh, Fusion next door, and Lindy had asked the question, what is something uh, that is, uh, what's something that you couldn't do without? And, and I couldn't do without my wife. I couldn't do without Sarah. I would be lost without her. Now, I understand I'm a 54-year-old grown man, but I would be lost without her. I'm accustomed to our life. I like the routines and the rhythms that we have. I would be lost without her. I, I, I don't even want to think about that. But yet, we need people to come alongside us. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's not going to be your spouse. Sometimes it's not going to be your best friend. But we do need people to come alongside us. So let's read Exodus Chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn... The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. I like this because he's telling, he's telling the leaders to write this down. Why do, why do we write things down? So we don't forget. And if we read it and read it and read it, what are we doing? We're rehearsing. And every time that we're rehearsing, we're feeding and feeding and feeding on what God did and how big he was. I like this story because Moses was the leader, but he couldn't do it alone. Aaron and Aaron and her had to come, and they were very close in proximity. I'm assuming that um, Moses probably didn't smell the greatest after being out there all the, the whole day, but that didn't matter. Aaron and her were going to be there for him. And I think a lot of times the Bible talks about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. A lot of times we need to get along, we need to get real close as though we're wrestling and get close to our brothers and sisters in Christ, get close to those that are around us, and struggle with them. Let them know that they're not alone in this battle. So, write it down. Not only that, he also built an altar. You read out through the Old Testament, they're always building altars. It's so they would remember. You know, I just, 
you know, uh, Facebook does a pretty good job of remembering remembering your posts. You know, oh, I forgot about that. You know, well, we need to do a good job of just remembering and rehearsing the things that God has done for us. Aaron and Aaron and and her were in real close proximity to Moses. We need close close relationships that will stay with us while we battle. We need to bear one another's burdens. All right. So, so, so don't let pride get in your way of, of what God has for you. All right. Lastly, so share your testimonies with, with others of what God is doing in your life. Share on what the Lord has accomplished in your life. Now I had, I had Todd lined up. He was going to share um, a testimony that he shared at the men's prayer breakfast, and I it just it just really blessed my heart. I'm not going to tell the story. Um, he wasn't able to to come tonight. Um, but if you see him, say, "Hey, I want to hear your testimony," because when he tells you his testimony, it's going to build his faith up, and when you hear it, it's going to build your faith up. So. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slacking in keeping his promises, as some would count slackness. So I'm going to come up with um, a testimony. And the, the, the testimony really isn't about money, but it involves money. So there was, um, this was several years ago, uh, probably, I don't know, 10, if not longer, 10 years, if not longer than that. Um, there was one particular day I, you know, I got up, I showered, and uh, I think it was like Memorial Day. It was a three-day weekend, and I didn't have an agenda, which is the first thing I'd like to point out. I didn't have an agenda. I didn't have a to-do list. So because of that, I was just, you know, hey, whatever today holds, you know, whatever, Lord, you know. And not that I even said that, but I, I had come out. Um, of the shower, and I just, I just had this impression, and I told Sarah, I says, I feel like the Lord wants us to give. Well, we, we give our tithes and we, we give offerings, but it was, it was above that. And she goes, okay, <laughs> we just kind of, you know, all right. Well, I, I go out, um, and uh, uh, I'm just pulling weeds out of the yard and uh, giving it some attention that it needed, um, and so. I can remember I'm, I'm pulling up this weed and, and this, this person's name come to mind. I thought, oh, okay. You know, so I go in and, and, uh, I asked Sarah and I said, uh, I said, I think the Lord just told me what I'm supposed to do. And she goes, well, do you even have his phone number? I said, well, you know me. It, I probably have a pretty good majority of everybody's phone number. Maybe not everybody, but today's not over. I'll get you in my, I'll get you in my phone. Um, so, uh, uh, and I said, well, I think I had his, his phone number from three years ago. And, uh, she goes, well, do you think, I said, well, if, if God's in on it, then, then when I call him, that'll go through. You know, so, um, and she says, well, uh, how much are you wanting to give? And, you know, and I, I gave her an amount. And again, it's really not about the money. And um, and she says, well, what if he needs more? And I said, well, I'm going to tell him he needs to keep praying. <laughs> you know, I'm not because I'm going to do my part, and God's going to have to do His part. You know, 
So um, I called him and uh, and I just said, hey, have you been, you know, been praying for anything? Well, for, let, me, let me back it back up. I'm going to set the stage here. So I, I introduced myself and he he did not remember me, which was not a big deal. You know, and I said, well, you know, I'm I'm with with Pastor Drew at Living Word Fellowship. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I says, hey, I'm just, you know, uh, pulling some weeds and, you know, believe the Lord laid you upon my heart. So I'm giving you a call. I said, are you? Are you praying and believing for anything? He goes, well, yeah, you know, and he says, you know, we, uh, uh, he gives me a very spiritual answer and, uh, just about, you know, more faith and just, you know, being able to, you know, reach more people. And, um, and you know, you know me, I, sometimes I'm, I'm like the bull in the, in the, the commercial. I come through the front door sometimes a little. And I said, no, I was thinking more along the lines of you need money. And he, he got real quiet on the other, uh, the other end. And, um, I didn't feel bad about doing that because, you know, either I'm right or I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, hey, I tried, right? You know, it's, it's okay to try and be wrong trying to get money in somebody else's hands. That's okay. Um, so, uh, he, he got real quiet and I said, well, have you been, have you been praying about finances? He goes, well, and, you know, and I, I'm just, come on, you know, I know you have because you're awfully quiet. I didn't say that, but I definitely thought about it. Anyway, so he says, he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, uh, you know, we, we've had some, some unexpected uh, bills come through. And I said, well, okay, well, how much are you needing? Cause I'm wanting to, to test to see if I'm on the, the right page there. And, um, uh, and he gives me a number and it was exactly the same number that I had. And I said, okay. I said, hey, we're, you know, we'll give it to the church, you know, so this is the address that I have for you, you know, so you'll, you know, they'll, they'll send you, send you a check. And, uh, you know, I, I got off the phone and I told Sarah, I said, oh yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. So, um, it was funny because, um, really the part of the story is that, he was praying for something and, and I was, what I find amazing, he was praying for something. I was in a position to where I wasn't too busy and yet I could hear from God and then I acted on that and yet was able to get to him what he needed. He was so flabbergasted that he had to call me back just to confirm what I said I was going to do. They, him and his wife, they were, they were traveling, uh, and his, his parents, or her parents, I can't remember, um, were in the car, and they didn't even know about the need. There was only a few people, one of them being God, and when we're praying to God, He, He will move on our, on our behalf. He will, He will work behind the scenes. We don't see those things, but it's happening. And it's so frustrating, that we don't see those things happening, but we've got to believe that they are happening. And I, for myself, I go back and I look at all of the things that God has done for me. I look back at all the things that, that God has done for others that He is working. My goodness, when I got born again, it took me a long time to overcome the flesh. You can talk to my wife, sometimes I still don't. But I'm overcoming because I'm going to continually apply myself. So let me get back to my notes here. So God used me to answer his prayer. That was very humbling. 
But you know what? God wants to use me. God wants to use you. And when God uses you, I guarantee you that the story that uh, this testimony that this man has about his prayer being met is outstanding. I'm sure he's told that story many, many times. Because it was God in action. And when we have great expectations because he's a good God, those things will come to pass that we're believing for. So God desires to use you in building expectations in others. That will build your faith in others. Think about your testimony that you have. Nobody else has that testimony. That's your testimony. I didn't plan on sharing this, but my testimony is quite different than, than Sarah's. Sarah grew up in a Christian home. A lot of the things I did, she did not do. And yet I find it interesting because, um, and she really doesn't like it when I say this, but it, it, it's so true. Her testimony is, is more powerful than mine is. Because her testimony is that the power of God kept her from all the things that her husband did. Think about that. Things that I was involved in, she never got involved in. God's power kept her from those things. Kept her. All right. So, the worship team will come. I am going to close with two statements here. We ought to expect God to provide for us, meet our needs, and lead us to green pastures as we follow him. As we follow him. As we follow him, those things that we're praying and believing for, those things that we've read the promises of God, the Bible says they are yes and amen. They belong to us. We can have them. We can have them. We can expect him to protect us, guide us, and sustain us. We talked about at the beginning about how good God is. He's that good. All of those things there, he's that good. He has the power to bring everything that we need to us. So, the song that was, that, um, I thought that was just, if I was to rename my, my sermon, um, it would be this. I will preach to my doubt. Because when we don't meet our expectations, sometimes they're unrealistic. Sometimes the, the expectations are spot on. It's just in his timing. What am I doing? I need to preach to my doubt. I need to say, nope, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to what God says. And then that's where those steps come in. I'm going to rehearse what God has done. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-641. 828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.